Hello, welcome to the 49th and final episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. My name is Jan Gustafsson, coming to you from the basement in Hamburg. And on the fourth floor in Paris, France, we have the Mind Games winner 2012, Laurent Fresinet. Laurent, how are you today? I'm good, but you already know about that because we were, were talking uh, earlier this afternoon. I didn't ask so, about your your mood earlier. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm I'm good. Uh, Ding is back, so it's it's my boy. Even if he didn't give me a call, I forgave him. Uh, he won he won that game, so yeah, I'm following, of course, the World Championship match, and uh, it's been very exciting so far. All Ding needs is Richie and 80s music. He doesn't have to call you. Yeah, Bundesliga games. What's not to like? We'll get into all of it. But the mystery man, the world traveler, Peter Heine-Nielsen, is coming from us to us from an undisclosed location. Peter, where are you? I am in my childhood uh, home in Holstbro, Denmark. So no secrets there, but... Uh, I have spent, uh, well, I would say most of the day in another country. That's not fully true. I've been into Legoland since early morning with an eight-year-old. And was uh, while you guys was uh, busy studying the games and doing recaps, I was uh, doing water slides and stuff like that. So um, it's been a great day, but I'm absolutely tired. And I'm basically planning to fall asleep during this episode. But I'll try and hang in there for a while. Excellent. Just... To set the record straight, while you were at Legoland, you were thinking about openings for Magnus. <laughs> that, that is true, of course, because, well, <laughs> that, you're right. No, my subconscious was busy at that point, but, uh, and the computer was running at home, actually. So, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> thanks, thanks for reminding me. It's good. Else, that would have been a, you know unfortunate miss. But as, you, as I said, I'm, I'm really tired. All right. Let me talk about my day. Um, I got up early. Did... Commentary on the World Championship match was a fun day. Game four of the day of recording for a couple hours. Then we recorded the Chicken Chess Club recap of game number four. We're expanding into also becoming a commanding YouTube power. Today we replaced Peter, who was very busy, with Peter Swidler. I'm not sure if Peter Peter proves, but it, it was good to see the Swidmaster back in action. Then I did, of course, the German recap, the Janistan TV. Picked up my kid from kindergarten, had dinner, went to the gym. And here we are, fun day of saying the same things over and over again about chess. So yeah, Peter was impressive uh, the post, during the post-mortem. We are not used to such uh, standards. <laughs> Of, Thank, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, he was uh, giving some yeah uh, nice explanations and uh, overthinking with his brain, maybe. I don't know. Trying uh, to use it, uh, unlike us. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. What's the point, Peter? We have ChatGPT. We have Stockfish fifteen. <laughs> why, why think? <laughs> All right, let's jump into the action and we gotta start with the story that's dominating the chess world. The World Championship match in Astana has started, four rounds have been played. 
Burn score. I don't think I'm telling any any tales out of school. There is two to two after Ding won in round number four. But let's start at the very beginning. Game one, Marshall, great opening. But how do we feel about Ding sticking to the opening he always plays? Was that expected? Smart? Stupid? Peter, what do you think? Again, you are just simply not checking my Twitter. I tweeted nope. one hour before. Still muted. That, Still muted. I, yeah, yeah, and uh, that kills my ratings. But, uh, well, you're losing out on content. One hour before, I said that, okay, you know, uh, this one, the first game is going to be a Marshall. So I think I was spot on there. So no, for me, no surprise. What about good or bad? <sighs> I think it's, it's, it's reasonable. I mean, why not? But of course, it felt a bit funny that the, both of them seemed to be just doing the usual repertoire. So we're not going to see any surprises. But... They started coming, but um, no, I think it's a, it's a reasonable choice for, for, for Ding. Why not? I mean, well, the problem was not so much his opening. Uh, well, he got a hit a little bit, but he seemed uh, incredibly shaky But uh, in the first games. But I guess uh, I'm jumping ahead, so I will pass it over to, to Luang. No, I didn't like. Um, no surprises. He was out of book. Uh, very surprised by a great and very hidden idea of um, of Nepo. Um, but yeah, zero surprise. And uh, wasn't that hidden? We have to talk about that. This move. Yeah, seven rookie one. Because of course I bragged about it being in my chessable course and gave the recommendations. Then Magnus asked if we had checked it in 2016 or 2021. He claimed he had never seen that move before. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was afraid, Peter, to answer honestly because I didn't reveal any secrets of the preparation. But what can you tell us? Well, I asked him a bit later in the evening if I could actually... I sent him a screenshot of uh, our actual prep in that position. And I asked if, we, mm. if I could tweet it. And he said, sure. But then was, I was too lazy to do it. I simply thought he would mix up my, my content too much. So I didn't do it. But, uh, well, we did call Rookie 1, but let's put it like that. Our lines was rather brief. And they were pr most likely made by you, I think. Yeah, they, they, they were. <laughs> no, they were. Oh, it's not, a, not criticism. First of all, it was covered, and the one you're referring to, without going into too many secrets, was not the, the full version. And I think for the, the short version, that was reasonable coverage, actually. So the answer, Magnus, is yes. Wasn't your files. Our hands are clean. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I guess, is, is he reading our files? I guess I at guess times. Case by case? Yeah, case by oh. case. So probably, may, maybe it was... I think in a, World a, Championships he might actually be. I mean, yeah. But, so, no, but also, I mean, seriously, for someone like Magnus, I mean, should, I mean, does it actually yeah. make sense to prepare against Rugi 1? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's a big worry. Like, you, you put in something small, as we did, this exists. Yeah, but that is... But it's unlikely he's going to be in yeah, too but, much trouble. But we are doing that for our happen. sake, not for his, I think. Yeah, yeah, of course, to cover the bases, as yeah, yeah. we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. But no, it depends what you want to do. No, Black has two options. That's not a secret. Uh, you can go Bishop G4, which is sharp, or Knight D7 as yeah, Ding Yeah, but played, I mean, which he would never go Bishop G4 if it's, exactly. uh, you know... Winning for black, they would never play it. If it's winning for white, it would be a mistake. I mean, he will just play something, be slightly worse and win. I mean, just, uh... Yeah, as for Ding, I don't think the opening was too big a deal, but he wasn't very precise and got in trouble. Some strange moves down the stretch in particular, some C6 move I later I really didn't like. But he survived, got a draw. 
C6, you call it strange. It was actually just bad, right? I mean, yes, yeah. bad, but it's also so ugly. Yeah. Like, if mm-hmm. it's a normal move that is bad, you can ascend it, but it's Fair a enough. move that you feel is just really, really ugly, weakening all kinds of squares. And if you play the structure plenty, as any Marshall, Berlin, whatever player mm-hmm. does, you also, it should be in your system. So I was very confused how he came and to that conclusion. I thought Nepom's prep was cool in terms of objectively, it seems to be nothing, but it actually posed some kind of. Uh, practical problems. And well, this was one of the recaps I actually joined in. And uh, well, I felt Black is fine, but he has to play some a bit atypical moves. So I, I kind of liked it, but of course it's also very telling. And we will get it onto the next game that these days, I mean, give people half a year, they're not going to find anything uh, concrete, right? No, I was going to say that's any preparation with the white pieces. No, like, I mean, yeah. ideally you pose some practical problems, but you're not going to refute the Marshall, the Petrov, no. the Berlin. Anyway, Ding survives that one. Sorry. And, and the main thing I thought about that game, I mean, like, um, of course, there were a lot of content, but I mean, Ding was, was as he put it uh, later uh, in the match, he was hiding in the restroom, which um, is not, I mean, generally Ding is staying at the board, uh, thinking. So it was clear, very clear that he felt very, very uncomfortable and even uh, said at the press conference, so he moved from the official hotel one of the hotel because he felt uncomfortable. So in the morning of the first game, yeah. So all of this was weird. Did you prepare for the game? I didn't really prepare for the game because I was too emotional. After one e4, I started to think for more than than a minute. Uh, well, everything was weird in in Ding's uh, behavior. Actually, uh, it felt uh, really really scary. Uh, for... He also looked almost physically sick. No, I think yeah. he also mentioned he was freezing. He was wearing this. Huge white winter jacket yeah, inside. Was... He looked like this. This picture of the Pope. I mean, yeah. the, the, the me. moves were not that bad, but also, I mean, his play was not great, but also his behavior was even more worrying than than his play. I would say. No, I thought in in some way, I always thought that someone who doesn't play a world championship match, I don't think is a huge disadvantage, but they will probably be vulnerable in the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. I've never been sort of part of trying to. Well, successfully exploit that. But to me, it seems very much what had happened here. That, uh, I mean, something seemed massively on, on with, off with Ding. And, uh, I mean, the first two games was pretty horrifying in a way. And also, well, I mean, you get the press conference. Uh, he seems unbalanced. As we said, I mean, while uh, as a feeder critic, I can enjoy him moving hotels. It, it sounds completely insane to do something like that at that point, right? I mean, it was... Uh, Actually, it reminds me a bit of uh, Kayakin in 2016 when... Um, Kayakin was very nervous in the first press conference before the match and then uh, Magnus decided to tie the Tompovsky which was clearly something to just But just Kayakin play played well that game No, I was yeah. also thinking of yeah. Karana who was lost in the first game with yeah. White against Magnus and even Magnus himself in his first yeah, match yeah, yeah. of memory serves those were some very mm-hmm. shaky first four games actually yeah. until he started playing normally. Yeah, maybe three, three. Uh, three but yeah yeah yeah, that was incredibly shaky, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but I mean, also, as, as Jan pointed out, some of the chess decisions, I mean, well, for Ding yeah. to play C6 is, is, is puzzling in, in a way. I mean, no, it, there was no written, or basically just the chess understanding seemed a bit off. But I mean, I guess we can attribute it to, to nerves and not being mentally ready. No, I used the word, insane, the word insane before. That's, of course, wrong. But... Uh, I mean, something seemed to be be off, basically, right? And 
Well, I mean, even if uh, Deng was gifted this kind of chance for a world championship match, both in, in a number of ways, then, well, of course, when you get it, you, you suddenly start getting nervous, I assume. Yeah, I was hoping for him in some way that he was nervous in game one and we'll get to game two. Because you could also read it as this is the same level that he showed in Vike, which was pretty bad for his standards as a 2800 mm -hmm. player. And you could also think this is just him after the yeah. pandemic, lack of practice, uh, isolation, whatever happened there, that he doesn't have the level anymore. But we'll get to that. It looks like he's been stabilizing. First game number two, though. We've, yeah, we've talked about the games in the videos. He had this opening idea by his star second, Richie Rapport, <laughs> who also seems to be the only second. No, I'm not sure if there are any secret clickers, but it looks like he's just playing Richie ideas or his old marshal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I hope we find out more about that after the match. Yeah. I mean, that's a, no, I mean, it'd be amazing, I think. I'm a huge fan. It just seems like yeah. well, they're, <laughs> no, I mean, they're like, redefining how, how these things should be done. We look completely idiotic <laughs> if this works. I mean, uh, <laughs> might very well. They seem to be having a good time. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Self preparing, they're listening to Bob Dylan or whatever 80s music. And then, yeah, they just play something. Yeah, but why not 4H3 here? Might yeah. get him out of book. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I we, will say about 4H3, I think it's a great idea. But if you're completely unbalanced, maybe play something solid and make a draw. I mean, to, uh, yeah, if you're not ready to play G3, might be a better move to, yeah. to get a game H3. I thought it was smart. <laughs> yeah. No, I liked it a lot. It just seems that if you're completely off, it's uh, yeah, really mixing your strategies up with, uh, against your... Uh, mental balance, but um, yeah, no, it backfired tremendously, right? I mean, it's. Uh, I, th I think Peter, you made a very good summary of the game in the recap of the of Ding's play that he didn't take a single good decision on his own. I mean, mm -hmm, the, the prep was nice, but then everything. I mean, like every time he had to play, he had, he had to take a decision. It was just just a wrong one, and yeah. well, I think it he just <laughs> lost in less than thirty moves or something. I mean, like something really. Very, very fast. No, I mean, and to be fair, it was maybe some difficult decisions, but but even so, it was uh, no, it's. Uh, but you don't yeah, expect no. him to get them all Bishop that wrong and to no, miss no. three takes f six and so on. It was yeah. was not his level. Like, I mean, doing bishop d three and back to c two. Okay, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's not like it's just wasting two tempi. It's a heavily sharp position, right? It's uh, it's a game yeah. over. No, this was uh, was shocking. Yeah. So Ding not looking like himself at all. Everyone said, okay, match might be over. He has to make it out of game three. Mm -hmm. The good news for Ding supporters is that he did. Nepomnishi started with one d4, which we haven't seen in the last match. He's been toying with it a bit over the last two, three years. But we weren't sure if it was serious or just a distraction for Ding. Looks like he's ready to play both d4 and e4. There is a quote that I read in a group chat we have by the famous Peter Hein Nielsen that every world championship preparation starts with looking for an idea against the Nimzo Indian. And it looks like Team Nepal has done that as well to limit the playing field in 1d4. Now, I'm not sure if people get what I'm talking about, but if you play 3 knight f3, you have to deal with so many systems. So playing the Nimzo or preparing against the Nimzo felt like a logical choice there. It's a bit worse these days because, as as happened in the game, three d five has become a very respectable move, right? But at some point there was a logic to it. I just want to make one point uh, before we go on: is that, well, I also thought, okay, this match could be over, 
uh, after two games. But, well, and I also started thinking, has there been any World Championship match in history who just had one narrative and that was it? I, I mean, normally there is a lot of back, backs and forths, right? I mean, even, well, everybody knows it's 2-2. Now we think Ding is certainly the favorite. But Kram normally the, the pendulum... Well, well, was... Sorry? Back and forth, Kramnikanand after game three. I mean, like Kramnikanand uh, was perhaps uh, the one you could argue that that the was most just uh, straightforward. That was I mean, maybe like, that was, very straightforward. You could argue, yes. Oh, that was I mean, like as a partnership, maybe as well. No, you could argue once Carlson won a game, it was over, but it was tense, of course. I mean, it was two and a half, two and a half. Nepomniachtchi was technically winning in game six, so I mean, there was some kind of story, right? But uh, I, I agree. But no, but just that after two games, we say, okay, this is game over. I mean, well, Fischer was behind 2-0, right? Uh, but, yeah, but uh, then after after six, yeah. seven games, it was very clear, yeah? That's no, I mean, if I should yeah. uh, sort of, well, paraphrase what Kasim Djanov would say at some point, he would say, okay, this was the moment to, to finish off your opponent. I thought yeah. game three, you could argue, was a pretty big chance for Nepomniachtchi in mm-hmm. a way, if that he wanted to crush the guy, maybe now was the time. But but them seem, things seemed very balanced in that game, I have to say. Yeah, also it felt like Nepomniachtchi, I'm sure he came into the game with that game plan, but then once he was maybe yeah. slightly surprised by this D5 and things approach, didn't feel like he pushed very hard, like by his decisions down the stretch. He decided to simplify pretty much at the first chance with Bishop yeah. B5, DC5. You can play there, Queen D2, Knight F4, whatever that many moves. So but, it but felt it, like deep down inside he was also a bit adjusting to being in the lead. Also, to me, it seemed like Nepomniachtchi ended up somewhere that didn't particularly suit him. I mean, he could be slightly better, maybe he's not, but his position, I doubt he has very much experience with, right? And uh, when well, yes, he was some, playing some sort game. of the, some theory, right? Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, some games. Uh, yeah. I remember we were, we were commentating on, on one with, mm-hmm. with Yannick in Dortmund no, long time ago. Uh, he played a good game, I remember. But uh, yeah, not, not too many experience. But uh, yeah, I thought about one match uh, on the World Championship match, which was one way traffic, Kasparov short. Okay. That was painful. Not uh, a FIDE match. We don't we don't acknowledge those. No, we, we, a, that we was FIDE, but, but Niger is in FIDE, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is uh, <laughs> No, there were some more which were one-sided like who is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but, you go yeah, no, but song, I agree but, this. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen, yeah. Sure. I mean, but uh, it's not the, the the typical thing. Of course it, it can happen, sure. but I mean, well, again, I, I'm not the one to bath mouth night, right? But Kasparov short, well, there was some some class problem in a way. Oh. No. That's I mean, fired. We already have some problem with Ikao now with Nigel. Who's next? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we can't maintain that many beefs at once. Uh, um, where me. were we? <laughs> we were getting a... We were starting sort of in game three in the middle game, I would say. Yeah. Ding makes a solid draw there, even refuses to simplify at some point and pushes Nepomniachtchi a bit, not like to the verge of defeat, but it was good to him trying a little and, yeah, showing he's ready to play, making some good decisions in that game like Bishop D7. I also think the opening choice, he was maybe a little surprised, but was smart as you explained. He might be slightly worse, but it's a structure where the price of a move is not that high and he had some time to get into the game. So Ding stabilizes, makes a draw. Looks very happy, and he looked like a normal player again, right? I mean, yeah. for I mean, well, this was a clean game of chess, right? I mean, well, he even put his. I mean, you could argue maybe Magnus would have pushed a bit harder for Black, but maybe it just wasn't there, and Ding decided, okay. Uh, I mean, you know what he repeated? I thought maybe he should have played on, but that's probably a stupid thought or something like that, right? I mean, it's. Uh, 
Well, it was just a a, a good game of chess, uh, as I saw it. Yeah, and he said his friends helped him with his emotional problems. Must be nice. And he was ready. He felt brave enough to sit at the board. Yeah. This we have to talk about at some point. It looks ridiculous if there's no one at the board for big stretches of the match. Like, how can we pretend to be serious yeah. game or sports if it's two guys sitting in their restrooms in some armchair and coming out every five minutes? No, to, I think they should just... Uh, if I would be uh, <laughs> FIDE president, which is more likely than Peter being FIDE president... Well, much more likely. Well, yeah. boss, quite unlikely. Let, let's face it. Uh, I, I, I would just remove the the screen in the, the restroom. I mean, okay, you can say in the restroom, but you don't see the position. Your clock might might be running. Who knows? You can eat as much as you want. You can sleep as much as you want, but you don't think about the position. Are you? Yeah, that's a quick fix. I would have just one big playing hall where you have a little area in the back where there's food and drinks, and you can have two chairs there where they can sit if they don't want to be at the board. But the cameras can see the whole room and you can see the players. There's no monitor. You can see the players in proximity of the board. So they can still go chill a little, but we have to be able to see them and not disappearing into some some tiny room at all. Peter is shaking his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I generally thought that by rules, if it's your turn to move, you're obliged to be at the board, right? No, you're obliged to be. I don't know what the rules are. I really thought I think so. You're, that... You can't leave the board when it's your turn yeah. to move. You're not obliged okay. to be there because you. Maybe, maybe you like that. Like... Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I generally think the player should have a rest area. I think it's too stressful to hang out there for six six hours and just. Uh, I mean, having a camera on you all the time, I think, is too much. You should be allowed. Well, there's to... a camera in the rest area at you all the time. <laughs> Sorry. There's a camera in the rest area on them all the time. Yeah, yeah, and and that I'm against. I mean, I don't like that we have pictures of. Uh, Ding being uh, depressed in a warm uh, white coat and closing his eyes. I think that uh, is is weird. I understand also an empty table seems uh, problematic in a way, but um, I like have I like that the players have to have some kind of rest. I think that's that's that is. Reasonable. I mean, they can rest before the game and after. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is yeah, not during. Well, it's a six-hour game. There's no other sports that lacks that time. Yeah, this way you can really? walk around with your opponent's move. You can you go kidding? get a drink. I mean, you can sit you, in some yeah. chair. Have you ever watched uh, some tennis? Also, how many tournaments has any of us or anybody who hasn't played a world championship match played where you have a private restroom? <sighs> Number is zero. And you can play a six-hour game without a private restroom. <sighs> Everybody's doing that in 99% of their games. Yeah, hundred. Oh, that's absolutely ridiculous. They should change it. And, I strongly uh, disagree. Yeah. Okay. You have no arguments, so you're just saying you strongly no, disagree. No, I have plenty of arguments. I think that they should be given some rest, that it's a world championship match. It's absolutely stressful, and that they have some place mm -hmm. to go and get some rest is fine. I understand it becomes too much, but I also think it becomes too much if they have nowhere to hide. Then we end up that... Uh, They're gonna sit on the toilet, which also is ridiculous. No, yeah, when they are playing, they are not. They are, they are public. This should remain public, so it should be filmed all the time. It's what we disagree on, basically. You don't think it's part of the show, actually? No, I, well, not, not, not all the time. No, I'm. I, I love chess. I think it's incredibly exciting. I I don't think I would have found Fisher Spassky more interesting if I could see Fisher in his rest area. I think I, I just couldn't care less, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I think it. I think it's tremendously exciting already. I mean, yeah, 
But we are sort of chess insiders. I don't think a casual viewer can understand the yeah, empty board. I mean, I think chess has other problems. I mean, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't think that's particularly the problem. I mean, they made chess absolutely well on television in, in, in Norway for five, six hours during world championship matches. I don't think it depends on, on these kind of things. You can make it exciting. I understand if the board is empty all the time, but um, I thought it's been a, a very great match and it's more sort of uh, a self-created problem rather. I mean, I don't think we have any more, any less uh, viewers or sponsors due to that. I simply don't think that's the, the problem. It uh, Well, okay, now we end up in FIDE again, but that, well... We start coming up with excuses why chess is not popular, but I don't think it has anything to do with that. I'm not making any excuses. I just I think it's a You're very bad to... look for yeah. for chess to have the empty board. It makes the whole show weird, but it's gotten better because yeah. Ding finally has the confidence to sit at the chessboard, which is nice. And that brings us to game number four, Return of the Ding. Ding with the white pieces plays 1c4. As many a pundit predicted the night before in their Twitch stream, Yanisan TV, check it out. Amazing, amazing content. Um, yeah, it's a natural choice. I would think we thought e4 was a bluff in Vikanze. And d4, if you're not ready to play the cattle in the first game, you're not repeating this h3. So where do you go? You have to win a game. I thought, yeah, c4 was a very, very logical, also a bit obvious choice. I liked it. I again in my tweets, I expected one C four for for game one. It uh, sorry game two, it didn't happen. But it, I mean, well, Ding got something that he kind of liked. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm very very curious how he will manage to go through a match like this. Is he actually going to come up with uh, seven one game ideas? It almost feels like it, but uh, it's not that easy. I think there are plenty of rapport Bundesliga games that they can still <laughs> yeah, but they got, mine I mean, for content. Vichugov is checking them carefully now, right? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Maybe they're, they're on to it. Yeah. As you both said, I mean, it was very much expected. So I don't know if I like it or not, but that was happening. Yeah. But I was I was very surprised by the level of Nepo's prep. I mean, like, it was very... Nepo? I think he was bluffing. I think he was bluffing 9h5, 9 4 Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know, but it was very poor anyway. His play was... Uh, was very poor and uh, he was simply slightly worse without Ding doing anything special. Now, after 94 takes takes, he's slightly worse, right? Yeah, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. But also, I mean, do you think Ding's prep is incredibly deep? I mean, for instance, I looked at some positions. I think, uh, I mean, let's say Bishop G4, Knight D2, I forgot some Rook D8 move. You can still play some kind of uh, later, some kind of maybe Black plays B6, you play the C5 sacrifice. And you get some compensation. I mean, you think he's sort of been very practical into this, or you think he's just ended up in this position today? I mean, no, he just ended up. If his prep is deep, he doesn't play bishop d3 like that. No, is a big mistake in no, computer. But you computer you don't check, yeah. I don't like think you look at bishop knight f4. Although I mean, it was Richie's game, still. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I thought rook f1. He played rather quickly in a way, right? But, yeah, maybe uh, that was. Yeah, so I apologize. Right. He, he only knew about knight h5 f4 in that position. Mm -hmm. And he just came. So that's One thing should be observed, though. I mean, Lamy was cheat tweet not cheating, he was uh, tweeting uh, <laughs> before game two that he said, I cannot pre predict what Ding is going to do, but one thing is for sure, his bishop is going to end up on d2. It actually didn't need the game. So uh, 
And I would have, I mean, I agree with Lamy. That was very much to be expected. He would play something. I mean, he is playing somewhat atypical structures for him so far in a way, right? I don't know. I think within d4 and c4, he's always been flexible. It's not yeah, like maybe you're right. he's never played knight f3, knight c3, or the e3 Nimzo, or the Karlsbad structure. Mm-hmm. As a lifelong d4, c4 player, I think he's very much in his home turf. Of course, the bishop ends on g2 often, but yeah. I don't think he's bound to that. No, I don't know. I mean, well, today was impressive for him. Of course, also pretty poor from uh, Nepomniachtchi in a way, right? I mean, well, they've both shown, in my opinion, considerable weakness so far. Of course, you can argue Dink played extremely well today, but it wasn't that difficult, was it? Or I think today was the story of one move. Like They both made some good moves, some bad moves earlier. But if instead of this knight d4, which was the decisive mistake, allowing the mm-hmm. exchange sacrifice and the game is basically over... If Nepomniachtchi plays g5 there, I don't know who's better, whose position is easier to play. Anything can happen. Okay. And no. I even have the feeling Black's position might be a little easier to handle. So okay. I don't think we can praise Ding for all the genius play leading up to that blunder. No, I, I was only on my phone at that point and it was basically raining. So that meant there was no sort of line for the ride. So basically I wasn't like in a in a loop in the water sort of uh, <laughs> water slides. We did, we did water slides for 30 minutes at that point. So when I was out of the water slides, uh, he was like plus three. So, but you're basically, so I, I thought he was better all the way, but not at all. No. No, 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 no. 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 no it's okay. just a complicated position. I, I mean, mm-hmm. computer says zero if you let him run, but I thought it might be slightly easier to play for black at this yeah, point. Yeah, but yeah. then the Pomnership blitzes out knight d4, mm-hmm. and the rest after rook t4 is, frankly, child's play for play of Ding's level. No. No, knight d4 is uh, Jan from, from Dubai. Uh, played in one minute. It's, it's uh, Nepo from Dubai. So I don't know if he learned. But is it uh, Nepo from Dubai? I mean,. Well, he made this huge blunder when he was behind on minus two. But, I mean, yeah. this kind of, well, let's say bishop d3 back to c2 uh, for Ding on knight d2 by, uh, knight d4, sorry, by Jan. This kind of blunders we didn't really see in the beginning in, in Dubai, did we? Not in I the beginning, it, but later on. I think it's just Jan. I think he got unlucky because he's yeah. always been taking even difficult decisions very quickly. And he calculated knight d4, queen f4, takes takes c6, probably calculated some long line, also assessed that correctly. But then he doesn't double check if there's another move, and sometimes it can backfire. I think he just counted, oh, you have this bias, okay, rook is worth more than a knight, so sometimes you don't consider that move. And after mm-hmm. that, it's just game over. But you, Yeah, it's funny, but you actually, yeah, well, of course it's bad calculation, but you also say it's kind of uh, bad luck in terms of that... Uh, well, these kind of gambles you take, and quite often they work well. So while you might not have checked it carefully or not, it, it didn't matter. Just today, it simply mattered, and that costs. That's what you're saying. can happen sometimes. I think yeah, it's yeah. to some extent built into his style that he doesn't double, triple check, but he goes with his gut and makes moves quickly, and very often it also works nicely, yeah. and he puts pressure because he's such a quick calculator. No, I think that, that, that's, that's why. I mean, mm-hmm. to be to be fair, I mean, if Ding uh, start to play like he was playing in 2019, I, I think that's why I think Nepo has very little chances because he's making too many of these, simply. So, um, yeah, that's my... And that's why against Magnus, I mean, uh, the first match, and I, I guess it would be... Even early match would be exactly the same because uh, Ding 2019 on Magnus, they, they don't... You know, you, can, you can't do that, simply. Uh, you will get punished uh, simply every time. So uh, it's nice to to put pressure, to play fast and so on, but it works still some 
Tom Lovell, and I guess against um, against Magnus, it backfired a big time. And against Ding, if he starts playing well, then it will be the same. So, Laurent, what odds do you give us for taking the Pomnoshi after four games to win the match? <laughs> you should ask you. I, I agree for a very long time. For the first time, I saw some tweet and I saw that Gary said it's 80-20. I agree with him. So, I, I let you bet with your with your boss. So you have, you have already some money transfer bit between you guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I you just can make. Sure. You, you you maybe maybe you get paid for for your for your ah as far as yeah, I know. It's you. just fun. It's just fun. Yeah, you probably do, and so you can make. Uh, so you're learning a lot. Learning a lot. Just to annoy <laughs> me, you would do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was He's certainly paying, a factor, you know. not yeah. the not the main one. So you no. can take, but I agree. That but if you think it's eighty percent, then yeah, okay, like three to one is a massive bargain for you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I already have a bet on Ding uh, on one to one, so I won't name the guy. But he has. Uh, Is he, he has, a French number two? <laughs> he has two names. He's a French <laughs> a French man with two, two names. names. <laughs> yeah, one on one. So um, yeah. Uh, Is he see. still French number two, or is Ali Reza inactive at this point? No, he's still. Uh... <laughs> no, Ali Reza will come back. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too worried. All right, so the score in the World Championship match is 2-2. As you can see, the momentum has changed to Ding Liren so much that pundits like Anish Giri and Laurent Fresinet give him an 80% chance, which is, of course, nuts. But <laughs> the momentum is with him at this point. I find it very hard to predict what's going to happen next. Peter, yeah, you're no, the veteran. Do we believe in these kind of big momentum things? I mean, no, of course, yeah. it looks better for, for Ding, especially the score, and he starts to play... Normally and such, but I mean, it also feels a bit random, right? I mean, uh, well, as you said, it's it's one bad move by by Jan today. Then we think, okay, he's uh, you know, he, he's extremely nervous. Ding is in, in great shape, and uh, well, you know, before I mean, we also like to create this kind of narratives, right? I mean, what do you do? No, like after yeah, two yeah. games, we all said the match was over, and now the match is over again when it's two two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's still ten games between. Yeah. Two evenly rated match players. Yeah, no. but I mean, we have to remember that uh, when Nepal lost uh, game six, okay, he was behind on the score and it was Magnus. I agree. I agree. It's uh, different. But still, uh, such a massive tilt. I mean, after that, that you we shouldn't, and he didn't prove uh, uh, since that time that he was uh, reacting much better to, to, to losses because he didn't lose in the candidates. So, We'll find out. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't think you can change actually after 30. I mean, I think it's too late. So, <laughs> Good news for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so it's too I late for Peter and me. You, you still have a chance. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. No, but the player doesn't change after 30. I mean, come well, on. Well, Ding, Ding also seems uh, vulnerable, right? Of course, now maybe, you know, well, everybody thought he was out of it. He could play without kind of any kind of pressure. He will come back. Now suddenly he will start to think, okay, I'm the better chess player. I should win this thing. I will be the world champion. It will be great. I mean, look blah, at blah, the blah. picture. I mean, exactly. He says, well, also he, he says that, you know, they will have pictures of me in all chess clubs in the world. I mean, he will also start feeling pressure soon. I mean, um, well, a rest day, of course, can be good, but it can also suddenly make you incredibly nervous in a way. I, no, but but it, can also, it can also be bad for tilt, I know. Yeah. From myself, if you lost a game and then you have a rest day to steam, it doesn't always make things better. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I Hard mean, to say. yeah, but 
It's hard. It's extremely hard to to, to say. But yeah, for Nepal, let's see, it will be a big test. And uh, let's see. No, but I mean, vulnerable. You're talking about Ding and Richie, the team. <laughs> I mean, like, look at them. Look at the picture. I mean, they, so they look wholesome. vulnerable. So wholesome. I mean, they look amazing. I mean, yeah. uh, Richie will show some, some games that he played uh, last weekend in Austria. And, <laughs> okay, and they will have the prep for next game. I mean, this is amazing stuff. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a fanboy. I mean, actually, did. I mean, Ding called Richie instead of me, and I'm very happy. Good job, Ding. You're my boy. No, that we all agree. But uh, no, but also, I mean, do we believe this narrative? We don't think there is uh, sort of uh, a big, big Chinese uh, novelty factory. Well, they haven't exactly shown <laughs> it, it looks, yet. It looks very <laughs> genuine. There might yeah. be some fact checkers somewhere. There probably are, but it looks very genuine. Richie is the guy, and it's the two of them yeah, hanging yeah. out. No, they're like, gonna take down yeah. the world like this. Yeah. Actually, actually, I remember. Um, this big Texas win in the fourth game, I remember that Magnus was one of the first ones to play it. Was it with, at, at the Ding camp? Uh, I mean, Ding was there, maybe. Maybe you actually, I mean, checked it with him, this big Texas win. I can't remember if Ding was there. If, if, but I remember in some camp we were checking that. Okay, it's a long time ago. It's almost 10 years I ago. Know. But I'm, I don't remember if it was the, the, the Ding's camp, but uh, yeah. it's... Possible. So you wanna you wanna take credit? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I should check this. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's Laurent, Laurent's idea. Maybe yeah. it was at Laurent's camp with Richie where you showed. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, this maybe. I know there was so many connections. Thing camp, but yeah. No, but also, I mean, how do we think this works? I mean, basically, the Chinese Federation says, "Okay, we can give you twenty guys for to work for you." I said, "No, I'm just gonna go with uh, Richie and stuff." Or, uh, they, they tell him we have half a million dollars budget for you, and he says, "Excellent, that's Richie's price. Let's go." <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. No, I, it just puzzles me how this uh, sort of, uh, you know, okay, this is the match of your life, and uh, yeah, I'll just stick with one guy. We're gonna have fun. I'll learn. But some actually, English. I have, a, I have uh, a funny story. I mean, like I took Richie as a, as a second when he was young in 2013. In Paris, so same ending. So he showed me this. You beat uh, Kramnik, we know. Yeah. That's that's the year after you won Mind Games. Yeah, but I can tell you that I, I was out of book after move five in this Chigoin. I listened to him <laughs> and I won. I won uh, easy. So yeah, Rich is uh, the great guy. Yeah, okay. we're talking, well, of course, about the world class player Richard Rapport. In case yeah, you're confused so. by who Richie is. Yeah, and yeah. These pictures of Rapport and Ding. Embracing, shaking hands is more than a handshake, really, after the games yeah. with yeah, Richie looking very pleased and Ding with his shy but satisfied, satisfied smile. So heartwarming, so heartwarming. Really was. What do we know about Team Ding? I hear all kinds... Oh, sorry, about mm. Team Nepomnoshi. I hear all kinds of gossip, but nothing too official. Now we know Vitugov is there. Yeah. Um, other than that... Tomaszewski is commentating live. Tomaszewski is out. Yeah, he's doing commentary. There were Potkin was seen in Moscow, right? Yeah, Potkin. There were some some rumors, but it looks like he's not as involved, at least as in the last match. He's not on site. He's not the Mm -hmm. coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Then yeah, Leko. I I don't know. He wouldn't be on site. It's possibly he helps remotely. Uh, He's not doing commentary somewhere. I haven't no, seen him, but I've he's checked. not. No, that's of course somewhat of a tell, but sure. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know anything. Well, also, maybe I actually did ask him. I saw him in Bundesliga. And I did ask him. He said no comment. Yeah, okay. So, which is uh, nice, I think, in both both ways. I mean, if he's helping or not, 
And he's also nice. a correct guy, so he would feel even if he's not helping, he would yeah. feel it's the right thing yeah, to exactly. say. Yeah, no exactly. So that didn't give any Well, any we would, of course, say, no, <laughs> the guy didn't bring me back. <laughs> yeah. I'm open for business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Peter, Peter's a good guy. Um, Thank you. Mm, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Leiko, Leiko, so. uh, okay. Leiko Peter, as okay. I say in Hungary. Uh-huh, yeah. No, there's surprisingly few rumors in that way. I mean, or maybe we're just disconnected, but I didn't particularly think so. I mean, normally there will be more, but maybe it's just this Magnus effect of having remote stuff, right? You somehow... Where's Kremnik? Thailand. Just. I heard he's in Thailand. <laughs> wow, that's a very sus. No, isn't he in Astana <laughs> playing this tournament? Oh, he's in Astana. The plot thickens. I thought so. I mean, that, he's in uh, Astana that playing what? Well, there is this, um, again, I'm sorry. Is it the Bibisara tournament? Exactly, yeah. And, uh, well, again, I mean, we are butting into my FIDE segment, but it's not connected with FIDE, but it's still tool of sponsoring it. So there is Russian players. I mean, okay. Anyway, but uh, yada, yada. But I think Kramnik is playing it, so he, at least he will be in uh, Astana if he's not there already. And uh, Speaking about Kramnik, very smooth transition. Exactly. Um, before I get to my very smooth transition, we should mention, of course, daily chicken chess club recaps of every game on YouTube in changing formations. Just Laurent, because frankly, he has nothing else to do, has been there all the time. But yeah, it's been fun doing those. So check those out. Yeah. And I saw Kramnik last week in Berlin, That's awesome. where I was doing commentary on this Armageddon thing. Kramnik was playing strongly. Still incredibly well prepared, you could see, even against much more active players. Kremnik is still strong in the opening and also choosing smartly. Very impressive there. But he got flagged by those kids, by Abdus Satorov, by Gukesh. And he didn't seem to enjoy it much. Laurent, you as a spectator, what were you Yeah, no. Well, it took me like a few days to find the the website and to find the videos (laughs) and so on. But when I found it, it was an amazing show with a great great, uh, duo with uh, you and... um, uh, Jovanka, I mean, like uh, uh, great commentator and great show. I like the thank format. It's two bl- two blitz games, uh, Armageddon, uh, followed by Armageddon, and of course there is this. I mean, it's great to invite Kamnik there uh, to invite some some veterans with uh, younger guys, and yeah, I mean, like it's um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. F- first, he flagged uh, Dubov, but yeah, then with yeah, one second each. Yeah. Dubov, he made a little detour with his king. He was going to go to F1. It was illegal. He went to D1. He lost on time. But yeah, against Gukesh, he was completely winning in the Armageddon, but got flagged. And then that story repeated against Abdus Satorov. As we said, the kids moved the pieces much more cleanly than Kramnik down the stretch. Um, but yeah, it was I was entertained. And Kramnik still yeah, has no. a great, great chess level. That's for sure. No, actually, it's not, I, 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 I think the show was, was nice. No, even uh, visually when you are watching. I mean, I don't know. I really, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Uh, they should make some. Uh, <laughs> they should promote it better because if I don't know uh, the website or if I cannot find the website, I'm probably not the only one, and I'm following Tris on uh, on a regular basis. Let's say so. Yeah, that's a bit of pity. But that's a lie. Yeah, if, if you're not being paid, you no. are, you know. No. That's true. <laughs> oh, has been you can pay me. I'm like, you can pay me. If you pay Jan, I can be the appeals committee. You can be the appeals committee. Appeals committee. Did you guys? Did you guys hear? Because I know this would be shocking news to you that I was robbed from my 
five-star hotel room. Shout out to the organizers giving me a very nice hotel in Berlin. So I'm doing this show. I'm leaving the hotel room because I'm a big professional at 1940. Show starts at eight. I was there before. I just went back. And I come back at around 22.30. I realize the window is open. I don't think much of it. I just close it. And then I see my laptop is gone. Wow. My, my iPad is gone. My microphone is gone. My headset is gone. Oh, All my boy. stuff is gone. Oh, shit. Okay. If one of you of our listeners stole it, Tim Carson is willing to buy buy, buy uh, Jan's note. So please start the bidding. Okay. You actually lost your laptop, you're saying, yeah? No, no, the story continues. Ah, damn. So, so I went to the reception, called the police, blah, blah, blah. Police came, the investigation. And yeah, the, my window, I was on the second floor. It's a very nice hotel in downtown Berlin. But there's some garden below it. I'd never looked at the window. I hadn't touched it, but apparently... There was some way to get no to some way to get into it from outside through the emergency exit, whatever. So yeah, all my stuff gone. I filed the police report. I went to sleep because I'm a psychopath. I didn't change rooms. I said, nah, it's fine. I'm I'm out of stuff anyway. Why would they come back? I wake up at 9 a.m. the next morning because the police from Berlin Neukölln, which is a more notorious district of Berlin, calls me and say. We found your laptop and your iPad. You can come here, pick it up. And there was no tracking on the devices, so I still have absolutely no clue how they found those. My, my best guess is that the thieves were afraid that these things could be tracked, so if they can't get rid of them quickly, that they dropped them somewhere. Because I kept all my other stuff, which was less valuable, but like I had a fancy webcam microphone and that kind of things. Those, those are gone. But I got my computer and my iPad back, which of course... Is the ones I really cared about. That sounds ab absolutely lucky, no? Yeah. yeah. No, I thought there was zero chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I went there, got it back. They wouldn't tell me how they how they got it, but not okay. complaining. No, you, sh you shouldn't, it sounds like. Okay, well. No, but... Uh, they didn't tell you any kind of story where they found them or anything like that. That's none of your business, no. I don't know, maybe they're not allowed to ongoing yeah, yeah, yeah. police nonsense, I have no idea, but yeah, mm -hmm. they, okay. they wouldn't say. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a bit shocking, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do some backups once in a while, but I guess you guys know how it is. It's not 100%, and of course, I'm also panicking. I think it was fine, I don't want to encourage too many future thieves with, like, two-factor authentication, but you never know. I don't even know what was open on my computer and how easy it is to get in with, into online banking or whatever nonsense I could have in my mails. So it's it's anxious, anxious moments. But yeah, I think not too much damage was done. Shout-out to Berlin Police, shout-out to the hotel, shout-out also to the World Chess organizers who were incredibly helpful they immediately showed up there and said, yeah, if you need a backup laptop or anything. How can we help? So everyone was being very nice, but in the end, I think it was still dumb luck that the thieves, thieves probably panicked and dropped it somewhere, or they were caught during some other stuff. I have no idea what happened. But yeah, it was exciting. Amazing if, uh, well, let's say they hide all the stuff somewhere. I mean, if you, they get busted just after they, they take your stuff, it sounds weird in a way. But, yeah. No, when I came to the police, the weird thing was I had been shopping Literally, I think two days before, because I was buying some streaming equipment, some some webcam, some microphone, some, um, what's it called, some light, Litra, Glow. Anyway, I was buying nonsense, and I still had this shopping bag, and the shopping bag was also gone from my room. And when I came to the police, they had this shopping bag, which was mine, 
But there was not just my stuff in there, or not all of my stuff, but my laptop and my iPad, but also some other stuff that wasn't mine. So maybe maybe they, they found some other stuff on the way to that they had to drop. I don't know. Very surreal experience. And as always, one, of course, we know you should back up your data, you should have stuff in the cloud, you should have 2FA and so on. But usually you also don't believe anything is going to happen to you, right? I mean, you oh, think yeah. it's sound advice, but when nothing happens, like, yeah, wake up call. Yeah, it's not going to change us. We're not going to start backing no, up. No, I, I still haven't backed up a thing, but uh, no. no, no. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, you got luck. I should. Yeah, yeah just dumb luck. Yeah, good for you. No, 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 but it's shocking, of course, in a way, in a hotel and stuff like that. Also, literally, like, in a five-star hotel in the fanciest neighborhood or the most yeah, central yeah. neighborhood of Berlin, maybe that's that's more dangerous because they, they go yeah, there to look for stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you just don't think about that stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good story. Happy ending. Happy ending. What else is happening in the chess world? The Chessable Masters, part of the Champions Chess Tour, oh, yeah. was won by a new Chicken Chess Club fan. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's a fan. Hikaru Nakamura. Congratulations. Um, Laurent. Hikaru has finally, has finally mentioned us on, yeah. on his stream, which is, of course... I will try to 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 work on on my French accent. I should work on my French accent apparently because he couldn't understand what I was saying. Uh, apparently, oh, probably yeah. toxic toxic hate as usual. Yeah, yeah. No, he, again, uh, he showed his uh, ability uh, not to lose, to fight, and not to make any blunders. Beat Magnus, a bit of luck, of course, uh, mostly from Magnus, and then beat twice Fabi in the in the. In the grand finale, uh, so in the, the final match, he had to win twice in the same day against um, Fabi, which he did. So amazing player! Uh, I was actually paid to to follow that. Actually, his last three matches were against Fabi. No, he lost one and then he won one two. I was checking in the app, and uh, there were like uh, felt like twenty five Karana Nakamura games to end the tournament. Not fully, fully, <laughs> not fully true. No, a bit, uh, he, he, yeah, yeah, to beat Magnus in the meantime. He lost ah, Magnus was in between. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, to beat Magnus, which was uh, incredible. Actually, it felt uh, easier to. I don't know how you feel, guys, about that, but I think it's, in a way, uh, less difficult to to win against Fabi twice, uh, other than beating Magnus, Ma- Magnus once. But I don't know. Uh, I felt he was not. Uh, one Fabi, if you're listening, opinions by Laurent Fressinet are not shared by the rest of this <laughs> podcast. Oh, no, oh, yeah, so the final day. I mean, he, I should get a bit of credit. I am the one saying yeah. that Fabi always has chances against Nakamura, and he actually completely outplayed him in the first of the matches. So I was yeah, uh, very much looking forward to being, you know, a star on this podcast. But of course, events uh, seem to take a, a turn for the worse. I also think that Magnus gets a bit shortchanged. I mean, yeah, he lost to Naka, but he was uh, actually pretty dominating there. And uh, I mean, well, that it was pretty bad for Magnus Standards that he didn't win it. He was uh, much better in one of the games. Then it was a one-one. Then he was completely winning in the uh, in the Armageddon. Then he, you know, lost the win. Then he was winning again. Then he lost the win, and then he mouse slipped in the end. And uh, well, I was sitting in the room below, and I can see that uh, the speed of sound travels. Uh, somewhat quicker than the speed on the internet because, uh, well, the, the scream 
that everybody uh, saw. Uh, I, I heard it like five seconds before. So I thought, ah, oh, he's still winning at least. But then, of course, it's the chorus that's slow. So, yeah. No, in a way, it's also the usual story that Nakamura is incredibly resilient, also mm -hmm. in bad positions at this point. It's no longer news or debatable that it's skill because he does it pretty much every time. But yeah, always. Yeah. Always impressive to see. The mouse slip by Magnus, the queen f6, yeah, that of Yeah, but it, it, it probably is not changing the result of the match. That's just... He uh, might not win at that no, point. No, yeah. no, A more dramatic end. But before that, he had, uh, well, several uh, big chances and some, you know, kind of winning things. So, no, that was, uh, of course, a bit disappointing. But I understand I'm biased. I was uh, hanging out in his uh, Alp hut in the French uh, Alps and was enjoying life. And then suddenly... Rakio. Suddenly things went uh, wrong. But I, I, I don't get why, why Naka was complaining about uh, Sian. I mean, we were only saying positive things about him. I mean, uh, I, I haven't heard it. Uh, I, I mean, that's not I true. Would, from what I read in my chat, it wasn't that he was complaining too heavily about us. So, yeah. We're, we're very honored that Hikaru would listen yeah. to our little podcast. Well, he thought some of it was that... Uh, Because Laurent translating French words into English, they might not be exact uh, in a no, way. No, I mean, like, he was complaining about me because I said that uh, him and Guiri, I took Guiri just as an example, they belong to top five, not to world championship, to, to world champion class. And he says there is no, I mean, basically, yeah, top five is very far from world champion. Yes, yes and no. I mean, like, uh, Federer. I was also complaining. No one on issues behalf, I must have been complaining. Yeah, no, but I mean, y yes and no. I mean, like, uh, uh, Anand is not the same than Ivanchuk uh, or Gelfand. I mean, like, it will be. There's different class. And I mean. also, if Nakamura draws that last round game against Ding, he's playing the match right now, right? I mean, it's not, it's not like that was super far away. Not super far away, but... Uh, well, drawing an equal position away. <laughs> yeah, but okay. No, no, you are taking a, spe a special case here because Magnus is not playing. I'm sorry, but it's... No, uh, you, of it, course, no one's arguing that Magnus is the best player in the world. And if that's your standard, you can say no one's belonging to the to the world champion class. But other than that, in the candidates... No, I say they're different class. Like, okay, there is, uh, in, in one class, I would put Kapov, Kasparov, uh, Anand, Kamnik, uh, Carlsen, let's say. Uh, and... Then in a different class, I, I would say there is Ivan Chuk, Gelfand, uh, Nakamura, Giri. Okay, I think it's not really unfair to, to have this kind of, uh, you know, caliber. You know, different caliber. No, the way I understood it, what you said was that you think Ding, Fabi and Nepomneshi are in a different class, I would guess. That's what he took offense with, not that he's not listed there with Kasparov. <laughs> Ding, but also but my, my memory is bad, but I, I thought that was your point. Me, in a way, yes, I think Dig and Fabi are in a different class yeah, than, than Naka. Not, I mean, in classical chess, not... Wow, in, not Nepomneshi. Not Nepomneshi, no. I just want to make the general point that he was being very critical of the two of you, not of me. <laughs> yeah, that was weird, because... You, that's you uh, that's uh, very common if you go out there in the yeah, chess world. People <laughs> usually tell me... <laughs> This guy, Peter, he seems such a nice guy. Yeah. Well, you guys are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, okay. But greetings to, to Naka. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I think oh, first okay. of all, we should be, I mean, it's like when some celebrity criticizes yeah. uh, somebody, we say, wow, he knows us. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, big um, fun. Big fun. So, very, um, very, very sus, very sus. Yeah. But yeah, big fan of his themes. 
for sure. No, it almost feels like we should fight back with some kind of new insults to keep this thing going. But uh, game theory wise, we did, no? as the the small small up and coming podcast, of course, should take shots at yeah, yeah. the juggernauts out there to become relevant. But we're we're also awkward at at <laughs> fighting. That's the problem. Like, nah, come on, Peter. In person, you're not good. Like in tweeting, you're great. But uh, once someone replies, then it goes away. Also, this is your voice, so there's no. Except for no, no, of to. course, Nak. Well, Naka, I'm gonna defend, but uh, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, what else is there? Speaking of world champion class, Gary Kasparov turned sixty today, right? Yeah, at the time I, of recording, st- stealing my content. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> I wrote it down, uh, Gary sixty. No, and I wanted it. to. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's. Uh, I mean, let's wish him all the best. Of course, uh, my childhood hero. Uh, sure. Yours as well, I guess. Not a, not a, not at all. For you, I, I never liked him as a chess player. For Jan, it was Rasker, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and for Peter Petrosian, no. but yeah, for me it was it was Kasparov. So yeah, uh, big aspect for 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 Guy and. No, no, I mean me and Jan made a series. We concluded he's the the goat. I still think so. I mean, if that loses my job at Magnus, I will retract it. But uh, I still think he is. So <laughs> un, unless. Yeah. Had Magnus played this match and won it, who knows? But yeah, he did. Yeah, that's okay. So Gary is still sitting there, and us kids that grew up with chess in the in the nineties, I would say. Of course, we grew up with Leon, New York, nineteen ninety, Kasparov, Karpov. I watch all these matches. Rooting but for I, I, this, this puzzles me. I mean, well, we are the Chicken Chess Club. I mean, you sound like you're in love with Gary's chess. I mean. That I don't get. We I thought do we, that. Were, we enjoyed Kramnik's Berlin, so we thought like Karpov's Karakan. I mean, you're actually saying you enjoyed his Night of and King's Indian? I, I just don't believe it. I was later in life, in 1990. I was, what, 10, 11? I, I didn't know I was a chicken yet. I started playing the King's Indian yeah, and the Night of. Then quickly, I, I understood. I mean, so it's a bit like you like Superman and Batman at this age. I mean, it's nothing for the... I was never a big Superman guy. Like, okay, he's fair born. enough. Mm-hmm. But... Okay. Yeah, stylistically later I felt closer to, to Kremlin and so on, but these matches, um, I think, yeah, were a big part of anybody's chess upbringing, and even if you don't have the same style, you can still appreciate greatness. Yeah, and uh, it was going on, even, even this 90 match, of course, not mentioned this 84 match, but even this 90 matches was going on. I remember it was... How old so were you in 84, Laurent? Yeah, you keep really saying you're so much younger than us. And now you've followed the 84 match? No, no, I didn't follow at all. I mean, I didn't know how to play chess. But 90, I remember. 1990, it was when I started to play chess. So I yeah, was 90, like, I followed this uh, F3, F3 in the Spanish big, big novelty. Yeah, you, you were already much more educated than me because I'm much older. But um, no, I remember I, w- I was... I mean, it was lasting forever. And... Uh, the games were very long, adjourned games, so it was kind of magic, you know, you had to wait uh, the next day, actually, to know the result of the game, because, I mean, I had to wait, I had to watch, I remember. I, I, I thought it completely ruined the experience if you couldn't see him uh, any second during the match, but apparently you still enjoyed it. I, I was watching it, uh, uh, I mean, on, it was on French TV the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just sorry. watching the, 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 the show the next you day. You were watching live broadcast with the empty boards? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, it's time for Fide, no? No, no. Yeah, no. I think I think okay. it might be time. The other correspondence update. Yes, oh, no. yes, yes. There, I, I, I oh no, I, I can't take both. Anyway, go I ahead. I won a game. I won a game. Congrats against the non-computer guy. Well, I think 
I will ask him when we finish both games. My best guess <laughs> is that he plays. You can't. You can't tell. I think he plays a couple of games at the beginning himself, moves himself, and then he switches on the computer. Or alternatively, because it's nine sixty, he put up the wrong position. I cannot tell. But uh, well, he was dead lost <laughs> after three moves, and then he started playing computer moves. So my guess is that Jossi thinks, okay, nine sixty. Let me make the first ten moves myself and see how it goes, and then I just switch on the computer. I don't know. Uh, that was too late, yeah. No, yeah. congratulations. And your is it a qualifier? Will you qualify for a world championship? No, uh, no, this is not. This is well, it is a qualifier, but uh, just for, I mean, a place in the Hall of uh, Fame. But mm. I mean, to be honest, I'm a bit split. I think I'm gonna qualify because another guy made a draw. So my best hunch is that at least I should get an equal tie. At at least I should get equal tie breaks. But with a bit of luck, I will do better than that. So I don't know. But I mean, it's not that fascinating because, as I said, it's basically just keeping the computer busy. Uh, so I lost a bit of appetite. It's nice to chat with some of the guys, but the, the actual chess part, I, I I'm sort of gone a bit cold off. But uh, well, of course, now I'm in a competition, right? I'm going to take it serious, of course. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna give to it, give it my all, um, but um, we can go over the games at some point if you would like to. Really. But, <laughs> what, what do you mean by by giving it your all? You're going to let the computer run two hours instead of one hour? Or like, no, no, how do you give your all? No, I spent at some point. I mean, well, well, you don't. You guys don't get the nervousness that's there. I mean, you know, should I no, sacrifice the pot? Should I play this calm thing that at some point in the podcast the says, Well. I don't know which move you're going to tell, choose, but I can tell you one thing. Whatever you're going to do, it's going to be a draw. And I thought, yeah, he's right. Exactly. But I'm still going to be extremely nervous doing it. So, but uh, yeah. Oh, it takes also, I mean, you feel, damn it, okay. I only have eight days for two moves. I'm in complete time pressure now. It, you start to panic, right? I mean, it's, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a rough world out there. It's uh, life-changing, I would say. It is. Uh, speaking, speaking of time pressure, <laughs> yeah. if we want to get to the Fidesz segment, we have to cut the correspondence segment. Okay, fair enough. Short fair enough. here. And okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to li live up. I'm warming up for the uh, Fidesz thing, right? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Good. Well, Laurent, do you have any, anything uh, to say before, before we let Peter do his thing? Uh, happy birthday, guy. Happy birthday. And that means we come to everyone's favorite segment. Five minutes of Fee Day with Peter Heinielsen. Enjoy. Yeah, but uh, we are going to my segment, but the topic is going to be the same. Uh, Gary Kasparov turns uh, 60, and while everybody celebrates him for his uh, chess things, I think it's I mean, you say he's an idol. For me, he's an idol in terms of putting criticism and feed the criticism. I mean, today I honored him by going back to watching videos of his uh, 2014 election campaign. And uh, no, it was uh, very, very insightful to see him being extremely, well, critical and, and interesting about that. I'm a little bit unsure if I lost internet now. So maybe I'm just uh, talking or these guys left. Who knows? Uh, it can be both. But, um, well, I mean... Kasparov in 2014 was basically discarded by the chess world. And, well, even I thought, okay, this guy just goes on and on with the same points. But, uh, well, you can read his book, uh, Winter is Coming. It's a, an amazing book. Uh, it should have gotten much more um, interest when it happened in 2014 because he predicts scaringly well what uh, has happened uh, over the last year. So uh, I will recommend that. I mean... The same passion he brought to chess, he took into system criticism, of course, a bit of feel, but much more important of um, 
the the modern Putin's Russia. And uh, well, I respect him a lot for that. It's it's strange, but um, I thought while his chess ideas like uh, the King's Indian and the Knight of was apparently a little bit perhaps too too aggressive. Um, despite being the best chess player ever, he was maybe more prophetic in uh, in politics to a certain extent. Anyway, enough about that. Um, Nepomnia, she gave an interview. Um, well, uh, I, I always feel pity for player, chess players in world championships. They're under tremendous pressure. But one point should be, should be made, though. Um, he's mentioning, well, he's calling the war in uh, the war against Ukraine a tragic catastrophe. I think it's very important to say no. It is a crime. I mean, it's a crime being done by the, the Russian regime. We cannot talk about a catastrophe. A catastrophe is an earthquake with no one who is guilty. This one has something very, very guilty, obviously. Then back to Peshkov, the, the Putin spokesperson, but also the, the sort of uh, leader of the board of trustees in the Russian Chess Federation, right? It's the guy we actually see talking about this absolutely horrible video we saw reminding one of ISIS with execution of a Ukrainian prisoner of war. I mean, that we have guys saying this is a fake on behalf of Putin and the Kremlin, who is so involved in the chess world. It's not great at all. And, um, well, the latest is that um, today in, in The Hague, uh, Ukraine won a, a big case against uh, Russia in terms of uh, financial arbitrage of um, that when Crimea was annexed, uh, Russia took over the local gas companies and assets there, and they are supposed to pay now Ukraine 5 billion uh, euros, I think. It's probably not going to happen, but uh, the angle I'm leading to is, of course, that uh, well, shortly after Crimea was annexed, uh, Dvorkovich was the one representing uh, at least uh, starting negotiations with China about certain things like that. You can, if you Google it, which I obviously had done, find stuff like that. But um, anyway, I'm just babbling and hoping that some of the, the guys will actually return to the to the video broadcast. But Gustafsson still seems to, to have left, of course. I'm here. I was listening. Yeah, you're here. I could also criticize Fidi for having... Players leaving the hotel because their rooms is too big or too small or stuff like that. But, uh, well, I don't know. Are we just going to wait for Gusti to come back or should I just keep Th that's, talking? Uh, I don't know how but it you, did, you didn't use your five minutes. There's still one minute. I could. Yeah, I can. So well, that was the strangest complaint I ever heard of. Yeah, I mean, the chess.com guy, my client, said also that he didn't like the environment there, which, of course, I think is not, uh, not ideal in a way, but uh, I don't know. Well, there are several things to talk about. Dvorkovic today, for instance, appeared in an interview on Russian Match TV. As I mentioned, Match TV is uh, owned by Gazprom Media, who is heavily sanctioned. I don't think a field president should go there. We can come up with, with several things. But um, no, let's just yeah. uh, let's just chill until till, uh, Gusti gets here. I have made so several things. So you're several tired points. and you want to sleep. You have the Yeah, day. it's okay. I mean, they will... Uh, Fidi will make new things. I, I will... Oh, I can I can play the classic next time. Don't worry. If you have any Did questions... Did you mention Sutovsky? I don't no, think I you mentioned, mentioned Sutovsky. Sutovsky actually, but uh, he's not replying to my tweets. He should, in my opinion. He, but he, he mentioned it, no? Before the match started, that he won't reply during the match. Because yeah, he but busy. he is still tweeting uh, a lot. I mean, well, Sutovsky was also starting to. I mean, well, there was this uh, interview with Nepomnarchi. He was starting to, to praise him, but let's not get into details. Yeah. Sutovsky's, I don't think Jan is coming back. No, I don't think so. Should we just end it here and say Jan left? We can do that, right? Yeah. Makes sense. I'm, I guess we should do that. Oh, we can also thanks. just hang out, see if Jan actually comes back. You have anything to to talk about? We can. I mean, not really. What What would be What would be the opening game five? 
we switch back to one E4. I think he's going to go back to E4, to be honest. I mean, I would also think so. D4 didn't work that well for him. And no. I still think that uh, it didn't work well in terms of springing a surprise, but also it doesn't feel comfortable to him. I mean, if things is not going badly, it would be normal to sort of, well, it sounds stupid, but to go back to your roots, something that you are comfortable playing. Exactly. Right. So it I mean, was my point, actually, uh, in the, the cap. So watch out our caps. And uh, I mean, what let's do you say think? If Nepom doesn't get anything with white and it's a draw, it's not a disaster. But if he plays D4 and ends up with something stupid, okay, it's really going to be horrible, right? And yeah, uh, so this concludes our 27 minutes of feeder. And now Jan is back. Oh, I was worried I came back late because I see Laurent's you, already you did. here. You yeah, did. you did. You are we, we are talking about openings, and so you're expecting to, to repeat the marshal, right? I would think because so. Yeah, it's a good opening, yeah. and at this point, if he came with it, why change? They will have fixed this bishop c6, rookie one, probably repeated some sidelines. Maybe Richie told him, you know, instead of d5, here I played a game with d6 <laughs> in the Romanian league. Check that out. <laughs> you can go knight b8, knight bd7. Maybe he'll do that. Who knows? No, but we basically thought that it's very likely it's going to be E4 for Nepom, right? I mean, he he needs to stabilize in some way. Why start pushing in something he's not familiar with? I really yeah, know. yeah, I agree. I guess so. I was arguing that, well, he has something ready against the Nimzo, and he hasn't had to show it yet. In the Kalspa structure, at least you can fish for a bit of a, a computer opening edge if Ding repeats D5. So it would be the most illogical chase choice to give it one more try and see if they can get in their Nimzo idea or if Ding is committed to the cast. But, but of course, it'll be later in the match. I think I agree that under these circumstances, the advice would probably be play it safe, play what you know best, which is 1e4, and play something. Yeah, but also in this cast, but it seems that recently they started playing all kinds of weird setups with black, right? So, I mean, you know, it just doesn't well, of strike... It's... No, it just doesn't strike me as... Uh, Nepom's, Nepom's natural habitat in a way. So, yeah, no, no. I mean, if it's just trying to get some kind of typical structure being slightly better, I don't really see it. But maybe, well, you know, maybe he doesn't take on d5 and move forward. Maybe he has some specific idea in mind. I, I, I don't know, of course. Uh, it's not 100% it's going to be e4. It just feels like that would be extremely logical in my opinion. Yeah. No, hard to disagree too much. Mm -hmm. I felt in the match against Magnus, they were quite committed, which is also understandable of getting the biggest numeric advantage while mm -hmm. playing it tight. And there, probably the call spot is a better bet than the marshal when it comes to finding some 0-30 yeah. position, but Maybe. it doesn't mean that much. No. Anyway, mm -hmm. we'll keep covering it, so check out our daily recaps on the Chicken Chess Club YouTube channel. We might bring in some more surprise guests, or we might not. That's the big intrigue, because no one really knows. I was hoping you would bring me back, to be honest, but uh, okay. We might have a guest with you, of course. Yeah, yeah. That makes makes the list much shorter of potential guests. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Hikaru. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. You and Hikaru you can do one day. You're welcome. It's just going to be a bromance, to be honest, but sure. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back next week with another recap of the action. Hopefully. Till then. Bye-bye.